You're listening to the Tennis.com Podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey folks, Tennis.com Podcast here, a duo effort. Myself, I'm Ed McGrogan here with Richard Pagliaro, and we're going to be talking about the WTA Championships uh, starting Tuesday in Istanbul, Turkey. Uh, country that just had a, a, a devastating earthquake befall it earlier, uh, just a couple days ago. So, um, sort of a obviously a bad situation there for that. Um, you can probably s- expect something to come fr- from the players, whether it be at the event. I, I know the WTA's you know, made a statement on that, but um, I do expect you'll you'll hear something about that, and for good reason too. So. Um, that's the background of you know the scene there. This is new in Istanbul. It was in Doha uh, for the past few years. It's, it's been all over the place too. It recently was in LA not too long ago. Um, so this tournament gets its first shot at, at you know at this at this venue, and I think that's a pretty good thing considering what if, if what I remember from the Doha crowds kind of sparse um but i don't know there's there isn't a tournament in turkey in the regular season i don't i don't believe richard but um it's a good to have a little change of pace here too I think. yeah and also moving back indoors you know after doha they got some funky weather at times with the wind and stuff to be indoors i think um so it should be pristine conditions so it should be great yeah it does match um for the most part of what they're playing the players even though they're in asia um, you know, not indoor all the time there, but um, you know, we got the top eight um, sort of in in number only. It's not truly the top eight. There's a few big omissions. Serena, um, Kim Kleisters is still ranked that high, but she will not be here as well. Um, the two groups of four here. I'm just going to run them down. The red group is headed by Wozniacki. Um, she's joined by Kvitova, Zvonareva, and Radwanska. And then the white group on the other side is Sharapova leads that. It's with Azarenka, Lina, and Samantha Stozer. Um, what's the tougher group of those two, do you do you think? It, it, it's always tricky with these year-end events. It's like a, you know, a bounty of riches. But w- which one of those two do you think is the toughest Boy, one to that's, get out of? Boy, that's a tough call because... You, you you know, going on recent form, like if Lee Na had been playing as she had been playing earlier this year, I would say that the white group would be tougher. And also the, the Sharapova injury, you know, the ankle injury, she hasn't been playing. So I'd probably say I think the red group might be more competitive. Although having said that, you know, the winner could certainly come out of the white group. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, you're right. I think looking at the names, uh, the white group does pose more of a threat i think right you got I, three I, grand slam champions yeah. in that i mean yeah. i think azarenka is is many people's favorite actually to yeah. win this sure. stozer i actually picked in our editor's picks that we just put up on on the site sharapova you're right you don't really know what we're going to expect um from her even though she's had kind of a history a recent history of coming back very well from injury she's been injured so many times and then comes back and uh, you know does pretty well. You just wonder with her mobility and I you know I saw a quote from her where she said, you know, I'm not 100% if this wasn't the championship she kind of implied maybe she wouldn't be coming back. So we'll know tomorrow. I mean, cuz she hits the ground running against Stoser, a player she's dominated and if 
you know, if she were to lose that, you have to question physically how, where yeah, she's at. Yeah, that's pretty encouraging that she did kind of imply that about coming back specifically for this tournament. And it, because this tournament has had a history of um, really just, you know, it's a year-end championship, but it's certainly not treated like one where you would see in one another sports. Um, so, I mean, if Sharapova was missing from this field, you just even have more ammunition for that. But And she's the only player in this field that's won the title previously, yep. so that's got to give her a little bit of confidence. And she beat Serena to do it the year she won it. Yep, I think that was back in Los Angeles, right. too, and she hasn't played for the, for many years here. Um, and then, so Sharapova, uh, Stozer, Lena, like you're saying, Lee's kind of really fallen off yeah. the map of late, but um, Grand Slam title, Grand Slam final. Um, so I do think when you, I guess, look at the at, on paper, that might be the strong one, but I think you do make a good point about um, kind of informed players, and the and the red group has a lot of them who have actually done well recently, right. particularly Rodwanska and also Kvitova just won Right, because you could make a case Rodwanska is the hottest player in the field, even mm-hmm. though she's the last to qualify because she's 11, won 11 of her last 12 matches, you know, although she hasn't obviously been to a Grand Slam final, but I mean, you could make a case that the players in that group are, are have been uh, hotter more recently. Yeah, I, I do think, um, and I don't think for a ter- for this tournament, it's, I don't think we should overlook, um, you don't want to look overlook anybody, but I do think Wozniacki is somewhat deserving of her top mark amongst this field here. Um, and then Zvonarev, I, f- after the year she had last year, I almost feel like she's just so due for some type of tournament run. But um, I mean, maybe last year was you know was her peak year, sort of in retrospect. But but this hasn't um, she hasn't matched what she did last year, you know, this time around. But uh, it's a it's a pretty strong group too. So um, and the first match, Zvonareva versus Kvitova. You know, she's got a winning record against Kvitova, and Zvonareva likes the. Fa- if that court's playing quick, she tends to like the pace and like like the fast court. So that could benefit her if she caught. You know, it's Kvitova's debut. I mean, she's not a player who generally gets tight, but if she were to catch her right out of the box, beat her in that, you know, start off one and zero the first match, that could really help Zvonareva. Yeah, obviously. I mean, uh, yeah, her and. Don't have to worry about it. I think you're getting tight after she wins her Wimbledon final right. debut there against uh, former Wimbledon champion Sharapova. So um, it's a pretty it's pretty imposing, I think, that group overall. And um, so let's, let's stay with that red group. Uh, what um, what players, only two out of the four advance, um, you're going to typically need. I mean, you can get by with one and two records in these tournaments. It, there's When you're only playing three round-robin matches, there's... It's not very difficult for a lot of tie, ties to ensue. Um, you know, the whole group can almost be split down the middle in some cases. Um, so, you know, a three and zero, of course, will send you through two one can, but so can one and two. So, it's not a matter of a player can have can't have an off day. It's, it, it is a different event than the slams in that respect, and maybe that maybe that boosts some players' stock a little more than you know than what you would think normally. So, so of that red group, what do you think for the you know the two semifinalists to come out of there? I pick Kvitova to get to the final, and I'm going to stick with her. Although, as we said, it is her debut, and you know that's a big match for her tomorrow against Zvonareva. I think if she wins that, I do see her getting through, and I think she matches up well with the other two. I think uh, Wozniacki's going to be helped by the fact that she opens against Rodwanska because she's like, 
beat her four out of five times. I think she hasn't lost to her in four years. They're good friends. They practice together. I think she, they know each other's game so well. And the thing with Radwanska as well, as she's playing, you always have a play on her serve. So And Wozniacki, good obviously return, a good yeah, returner. Great, yeah. So I think that I think she's going to start off 1-0. So if I had to pick two, I'd, I'd go Kvitova, Wozniacki, although certainly if Zvonareva opened and beat Kvitova tomorrow, you know, you've got to put her in there, and she's someone who's been to the final before. So I, I don't discount her, and Rodwanska is the hottest player currently in that group. I just don't think she's going to have the firepower to, to defuse those uh, those other three. Yeah, that Wozniacki-Rodwanska match certainly is, is one um... – Maybe what they, as they like to say, sort of a connoisseur's match of sorts where... Um, yeah, you know, you'll see longer rallies, you'll see some angles there, and you'll see a lot of breaks, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's, lot of that's also breaks. true. You can't forget that either. Um, but the reason I'm going with Kvitova, I just think she's a more complete player than the other three, and I think the serve on an indoor court, you've got to come with the serve, and I think she's got the big edge over yeah, the other three that she's going to hold serve. Yeah, and I don't think it's to be discounted that... Um, you know, she won a tournament in Linz, Austria, um, and I, at this stage in the year, really any stage, I think we, we do see a lot of players, especially on the WTA, um, picking up a tournament win and really running with it. Right. And not not necessarily the slams, it's kind of a, a different story, and, you know, they're obviously spread apart, but for the week-to-week tournaments, we do see a lot of really momentum sort of take shape. That's the case been with Rodwanska and, um, you know, Kvitova, I think, here is kind of a popular pick maybe for that reason. And the other so. thing with Kvitova is for a lot of players, this tournament, they're just winding down. They're looking to get on the next plane after this to go on vacation. She's got the Fed Cup final, so that tells me That's she's got to be training and building towards something beyond this. So I... I would think she should be theoretically sharper. I, I would hope she would be. Yep, very good point there. Um, the other group, it's once again Sharapova, Azarenka, Lina, and Sam Stozer. And like I said, I, I picked Stozer not only to get through this, but I, I, uh, I ended up picking her to win the whole thing here. And, you know, for, you know, for I think it would be very tough to convince that, that Lina has, uh, you know, it really obviously doesn't take too much to get something going in a event like this, but she does seem really kind of down and out in this. And then two of the other editors' picks on our team here were with Azarenka, um, who just won a, just won yesterday in Luxembourg, another another um, end of the year smaller tournament. But I think for the same reasons I mentioned before, kind of a, a good little boost here. Um, you know, I would I would I would side with Azarenka and Stozer making making out of here. Um, do you think otherwise? Maybe to me, like the interesting thing about this group is you have players, you have some matchups that players have dominated. Like Sharapova has dominated Stoser, mm-hmm. and then you look at Stoser has dominated Lee Na. So to me, that match tomorrow, it's a third one up Sharapova versus Stoser. That's a critical match. I think if Sharapova wins that match, I think she can get through, and I think we'll know more about her her health if Stoser were to win that. I'd probably lean Stoser and Azarenka. But if Sharapova wins that match tomorrow, she starts off 1-0. I think she's got a shot. I think it, I would go with her and, and Azarenka. I think Lina's capable of beating anybody there. It's just that she hasn't played, mm-hmm. and she's really had a drop-off since, since Paris. And she's got a lot of other things going on with the book and the endorsements and all the sort of, uh, you know, the media yeah, the year, spotlight. the year and, has become something yeah, of, a, of a blooming thing. It really her. has. It's sort of, you got to wonder mentally, and emotionally if she's prepared to play. If she is, you know, she can beat anybody there. I just think recent form 
she just hasn't been playing, let alone winning. So it's it's kind of a reach to pick her. You know, that said, if if she finds her game, she's dangerous. I'd go Sharapova if she's healthy and Azarenka. Yeah, and like I said, we'll you can check the editor's picks for our final picks in tennis. dot com. But uh, you know, Richard and I, we have Kvitova and uh, those are respectively Azarenka with our uh, other two. And look, Azarenka's capable. She's won big tight. She's won Miami. She's beaten big players. It's just with her, you never know. She can be a little flaky, you know, emotionally, and also physically she's broken down before. Yeah, for, and, and it, when Steve Tigner mentioned um, Azarenka as his pick here, he did he did say, and it's sort of the same things that you think about with Andy Murray on the men's side, is that um, – you know, not for not everybody in this field would you consider this tournament a really substantial one. I think you would say it for Wozniak at this point for sure. sure because of what's kind of this little malaise she's been in. But for someone like Azarenka, who um, is also still looking for that um, first major title, um, a win here, and I think a lot of people, depending on who is in the field, uh, would be you know maybe siding with her. You know, come Melbourne things like that. So you know, I wonder what uh, the this tournament going into next year, I, I guess what what can you what can you take away from I guess the winner of this is is the m- two months off from here to January kind of erase all that or do you think they can really build something off of one I, like this? I kind of echo what you just said. I think if it's a player who's never won a major, I mean I go back to the year in L.A. when Moresmo had never won a major. She had this label as a choker. She'll never win a big one. She goes into L.A. She wins the year end, and that totally, totally boosted her confidence, made her believe she could win a major. Two months later, she wins Australia, beats Hennon in the final. So I think if it's someone like a Wozniacki or an Azarenka, someone who has never won a major to win this title, I do think it's a confidence booster. And although there is a time lag, obviously, between Istanbul and Melbourne, I, I think it would help someone like that who hasn't broken through. Because you're playing the bet, you know, as you said, I mean, Kleisters and Serena aren't there, but everybody else, you're playing the top players. You know? You're playing the players that are you're probably going to see later on in these, in these bigger events anyway, that's for sure, yeah. Um, so that's our review of preview, really, of the WTA Championships in Istanbul. And this week on Tennis.com, look for um, a slew of racket reactions, if I don't mind saying so, from um, our editors here, as well as some other contributions. Um, also a couple pieces from Doug Robson, who's on site um, over in Turkey as well. So plenty to look forward to this week. And it's on television uh, from 10 to 10 a.m. until about 4.30 p.m. on Tennis Channel um, going forward this week. It's also going to be an opportunity on... to cut out of work or school or whatever you're doing and uh, yeah, get I... to the TV. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it'll be online as well. TennisTV.com will have a lot of it. Um, Richard, uh, before we go, you, you also got one uh, scoop before it was released today about um, speaking of sort of online coverage from the WTA standpoint is they just signed a, a four-year a substantial deal with ESPN, so uh, they acquire a lot of their broadcasting rights. Can you just sum up that for everybody who missed that? I mean, if, if you're a fan of women's tennis, it's great. For, for women's tennis viewers, you're going to get an additional about at least 150 hours a year from January through October of, of WTA premier events. And it's, you know, the weekday events through the quarters usually, although they have they can pick up some later round action. So I think it's great. It's great for tennis, you know, to give the visibility and also coming at it to do this deal coming at a time when you've seen the, you know, the sort of iconic players like the Williams sisters and Kleisters and Hennon sort of either 
you know, phased out or, you know, missed time because of injury or illness. I think it shows some confidence in the young players that they're willing to make this four-year commitment to the WTA. It shows that they're, the ESPN is excited about the players coming up and believes in, that those players are marketable and that people want to see them. It's pretty sharp. I, I mean, if you, if you do go on to, um, you know, their site, ESPN3, which has a lot of um, there's stuff. This is, you know, this also I I should say goes for tennis TV as well. Who's that lost? If you can, the, you can neat, pick your match. A neat thing well. is you yeah. can see a lot of replays too right. with previous things. And you know, I, when I was looking for tennis stuff, it seems like a while ago. But it was only years ago. You kind of had to rely on YouTube for those highlight right. packages. You still do for a lot of those maybe classics, but uh, you can see you know pretty much full matches, really good uh, quality and everything. So and the um, other cool thing is scheduling wise, tennis is always a tricky sport for networks because if they're playing in Europe or Asia or Istanbul, the time difference, they can't pop that on an ESPN or ESPN2 when they have commitments to college football, college basketball, and everything. Now, it's a perfect platform for them, too. You know, and college gets, water polo. Right, you know, exactly. Some, you know, never, Spelling bee. Exactly. So, uh, like I said, that'll be on Tennis Channel. They'll broadcast um, you know, throughout the week of the round robin. So, um, that's all for now, and we'll check back in with you on the podcast later on. And once again, check tennis.com throughout the week for all sorts of Istanbul coverage. For Richard Pagliaro, I'm Emma Grogan. Thanks for listening. You've been enjoying tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to tennis.com. 